the McGappin Fries Movie Podcast. I'm Gavin. I'm Ian. And as per usual, we're going to be hitting you up with all the movie news from the known multiverses. Little uh, The One reference there. I think I'm probably the only one on this earth that will reference The One. Yes. For those of you who don't know, The One was a mediocre, mediocre science fiction martial arts movie with Jet Li and Jason Statham. And uh, we'll be hitting you up with some reviews. I'll be reviewing the special edition of Avatar that was uh, recently re-released in the cinemas. And seeing as there's nothing else on, I'll be catching up on Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time. I heard this sucked. But apparently you, you were kind of you know, on the fence, had some things to recommend it, some things not to recommend it. I did watch Tekken last week. There you go. My, my, my bar <laughs> is well lowered. My bar is on my feet now. Well, I'm glad you watched it because, fuck, I'm never going to watch that movie. <laughs> I'm sorry, I've, I've seen the billboards for it, and I'm like, no, nah, I just can't do this. But Prince Dustin. Life is too short. Prince fucking Dustin. <laughs> Prince fucking Dustin. That's what it sounds like, Dustin. <laughs> right, on to news. Mm. Uh, something that I was uh, pretty excited to hear, uh, because there's, uh, quite a long time ago, there were some rumblings about the second Wolverine movie, and how it was, they were going to be going back to the Frank Miller days, going to Japan, his time as a samurai, with yeah. his great love. Um, and there have been some directors that have been bandied about for a while. The first one was uh, Robert Schwenke, who's direct, who directed The Time Traveler's Wife and yeah. also directing The Upcoming Red. And uh, then after that, there was some talk that David Slade might take it on. David Slade is the director of 30 Days of Night, Hard Candy, and unfortunately, the third Twilight movie. Mm. Which I have actually heard is the best of the three, but that's not saying very much. No, and it's not the other Slade. What's that? Not, um... Which Slade? My family. What? I had it, ten rules to, to date my daughter. Really? What's his name? I've, I've no idea. Joe Dirt. Joe Dirt. Oh, David. David Spade. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I'm always. I'm always afraid to call a spade a spade. <laughs> I'd rather call it a slade. I'm Joe Dirt. Fuck. I got that one wrong. Spade. David Slade. What the fuck? <laughs> but uh, the latest director that is uh, supposedly in the running, and this is actually very interesting, is uh, Darren Aronofsky. Oh, really? Yeah. Have you heard about this? I kind of skimmed it. Well, uh, I'm guessing that um, because uh, Hugh Jackman, who is uh, returning not just as uh, the title character, but is also taking on producing duties as well, as he did with the first one, um, he's got a little bit of a history with uh, Darren Aronofsky. He starred in um, the director's uh, last big studio collaboration, The Fountain, which I really enjoyed, actually. But a lot of people... Uh, a lot of people seem to have issues with that movie. Personally, I really liked it. I liked it too, and I, I still think to this day that that is Hugh Jackman's best performance. Uh, but and he's never ragged on it, or never, you know. Sometimes actors and some of that after movies come out and done that so well, they kind of ragged on a little bit. Transformers too, but yeah. um, well, uh, I mean, from a, from an acting point of view, I don't see how you can rag on the fountain yeah. because I mean, Hugh Jackman was given a very very interesting character to play yeah. and like throughout the ages a series, and, like, of yeah, a series of characters like throughout the ages and all these different kinds of emotions that he got to show, um, but. Aronofsky has been attached I mean like I know that Darren Aronofsky for those of you who don't know he is the director of Pi Requiem for a Dream The Wrestler and the upcoming Black Swan which, which is getting really good reviews yeah which you mentioned last week yes there were, one or, there were one or two iffy reviews in there though they didn't quite match the fantastical with the real but yeah but for the most part I mean like uh, it was the reviews have been pretty damn glowing yeah also um, uh, it showed at the Venice Film Festival this yes week. that's right uh, but despite that I mean because some people who hear these movies you might think that Darren Aronofsky he's uh you know, like, but specifically art house, and to a certain extent, that is kind of true. But he yeah. has been attached to some superhero projects, like Robocop, like Robocop, the, which um, he, he came out during the week as well to say uh, maybe it was in relation to this. But he was talking about how you know, just the only reason it fell apart was because you know the MGM, studio MGM right. was just in in dire straits. Yeah. Uh, he pulled a Del Toro. That's right. And long before Chris Nolan took over the Batman mantle, Darren Aronofsky was slated to direct Batman Year One. Yeah. Uh, which could have been, been very which could have been very very interesting. I mean, 
Uh, for those of you who don't know, Batman Year One based on the um, was it the four issue miniseries by by Frank Miller? Yeah, yeah, which was excellent. Yeah, it was a real and, and there's a lot of it in. And Batman Chris Begins. Nolan did Chris Nolan did take a little bit from uh, especially with um, his portrayal of uh, Jim Gordon. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's right out of Batman Year One. And even the wasn't the gangster the same name as the gangster family because the Year One yeah, is yeah, where the Falcones, the Falcones. Yeah, 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 yeah that's the, right. Year One is where Batman's still fighting criminals and crime families, and it's only when he cleans those guys up yep. that the weird guys start to come into town. Yeah. So I mean, Darren Aronofsky has shown in the past that he does have interest in this sort of thing. Yep. So it would be very interesting to see what he does with this. I mean, especially after the first one. I mean, they need to. Raise the game. They need to raise their game. They need to salvage salvage it somehow. And uh, hiring someone like Darren Aronofsky is actually a step in the right direction. Uh, the only thing is, is that if he was to do this, how much of it would be his movie? Yeah. You know, I mean, because bear in mind, this is 20th Century Fox. You got to compromise. <laughs> who, <laughs> a studio that is well known for changing shit once they get the uh, phone print. The, yeah, the test the test screening results. Yeah. They don't they don't provide notes in the studio. They provide phone books in the studio. It's like this dude from Minnesota. He didn't understand it, so we got to dumb it down a little bit. You know, it's like, Jesus. Why has he got clothes coming out of his hands? <laughs> but uh, hopefully, like, uh, with the critical success of Black Swan, the studio will... Give him more leeway. Give him more leeway. And the wrestler. Do it. This is... Yeah, and the wrestler. But this is providing, of course, that this turn, this actually pans out. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, like... Uh, these days, we're hearing a lot of stuff very A lot early. of stuff. There's, like, uh, these days, it seems to be a trend to... Uh, to uh, you know, like last time they would sort of like speculate on who's going to be in a movie, and now I notice that there's a lot of speculation about who's going to direct it. It's like directors are the new celebrities now. Yeah, but it's even just when people are in negotiations you hear about it, so it makes yeah. it gives us something to talk about each week. But it's kind of filler. <laughs> yep. Uh, and as we reported quite some time ago, the uh, the fir- I'm not too sure how many drafts he did, but the first draft of the Wolverine sequel is done by Christopher McQuarrie, mm. the Oscar-winning screenwriter of Usual Suspects, and uh, also the writer-director of uh, Way, Way of the Gun. Way of the Gun. And also uh, Valkyrie, mm. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Interesting mix there. <laughs> yeah, it could be. It could be really, really interesting actually to see what they do, especially now that it's confirmed that it is going to be you know like going going in the samurai route in Japan. Yeah. Which, but the only thing about that is that it runs the risk of. You know that the comic book fans are going to be happy, but you could possibly run the risk of alienating the Everyone rest of else. the rest of the mainstream audience. Is going to be like, "Fuck, man, where's all the X Men shit?" Exactly. Because that particular Wolverine arc is specifically non X Men related. Yeah. There's no X Men stuff in there. And Scott Summers, they'll be on a school trip and they'll pass by. Yeah. <laughs> but but that's something that scares me about Fox. Or Jubilee will be in it for no fucking reason. <laughs> exactly. She's Japanese, right? Or she's Chinese? She's Chinese. She looks she's Chinese. Chinese. She's got black hair. You can't see her eyes. She's Chinese. <laughs> But it's like it's near Japan, right? That's one country, right? But you can just hear some studio exec going, um, "I got a problem. It's this movie's called X Men Origins. Mm-hmm. Where are all the X Men? It's like the leads an X Men. You fucking idiot." <laughs> But that is something that scares me about it, is that after a test screening, you're going to get some dumb asshole like going, dude, I thought this was an X-Men movie, man. What's yeah. all this samurai shit? You know, it's like, fuck Samurai it. swords versus hand claws. It's like, you know, it's like an Asian sequel to Australia. What the hell, dude? <laughs> uh, I did a review of The Last Airbender a while ago, but there's been a bit of an uh, M. Night Shyamalan news. First of all, you know, he took a pretty much a critical pounding over the last Airbender, and he's been taking a critical pounding for the for, last for quite years. a while, actually. Ever I mean, since Airbender was the one where people said, "Let's see if he can direct someone else's shit," and now they're all going, "No, he can't." Well, but the thing is, is that it wasn't really. I mean, he took someone else's shit and made it his shit. Yeah, because which is shit. because the anime the, the animated series it's pretty light on its feet. I mean, it does have some serious stuff to it, but yeah. the character of Ang. I mean, I only saw like a couple of eps, but he's a you know he's happy go lucky. He's a, he's a fucking brat, yeah. you know. And from what I understand, from what you have told me, and from what other people have told me, is that he's a really somber son of a bitch in this one. Oh well, he's up and down. That's part of what, what, what the issue was: is that his is the tone for him was kind of a lot of a whole face. He was very childlike Wonderman for a while, who's just been frozen for a hundred years, but also just like dark and oh dear God. I know, but like just going from the trailers, it's like this shit's taking itself really seriously. Yeah. And you know, like whatever the source material might have been, M. Night Shyamalan took it and just completely made it as slow moving as everything else that he does. I mean, one thing that I've always liked—that's, I mean, it's it's kind of backfiring his style for him now because I used to really like that about him is that he would make Hollywood movies, but he would shoot it almost like in a European sort of way. It took too long to try something different. Yes. Like, I mean, you, you're, if you did the same shtick over again, the twist thing was becoming... It, wasn't, it, wasn't, it was no longer a signature, it was becoming a millstone. Yeah. Um, but at least now it, show, it looks like he can poke fun at himself. I don't know, did you see the uh, escalation? I, I, I didn't see it, but I heard about it. So he did this thing with MTV... Um, 
what was it? What's the name? It's, uh, St- Stephen Lang's in it from Avatar, and Josh Horowitz from MTV. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also some Playboy Playmate in it, mm-hmm. and um, it's basically if you haven't seen the trailer for Devil, which is part of the new Night Chronicles, where he comes up with the idea, but he gets someone else to fuck it up instead. Which could be his salvation. Could be. Yeah. It could be. Go back to being a writer. You know, like uh, because really, what what he needs to do now is that he needs to clean up the M Night brand name. Yeah. Uh, not you know like, uh, and that's a great way to do it. He actually, to, he needs to launch Diet M Night. <laughs> <laughs> new M Night. Twenty five percent less sugar. Cherry M Night. Twenty five percent less twist. <laughs> Vanilla Night. <laughs> but he did poke fun at himself, and like this new movie Devil seems to take place almost exclusively in the lift. The trailer does look badass. The trailer looks very very cool. Yeah. So it's kind of a creepy. Someone gets cut, and it's like. Okay, who's got something sharp in here and you don't know what's going on? Yeah. He takes the piss take out of this and that there's three people stuck on an escalator. <laughs> Only they can't get out of it. And like one of the girls goes, something cut me. And she's got this tiny little cut in her hands. Uh-huh. And Josh, your man Josh, what's, the guy from MTV says, has anyone got any sh- anything sharp? And as the camera pans over to M. Night Shyamalan, he's got a giant fucking steak knife and he's look- looking at his hair. <laughs> it's like, what? What? So... It does show that he has at least some sense of humor about himself, and it is intercut with the actual movie as well. Right. Has like this, but also Stephen Lang is just—he steals the piece because he's just—he's the security guy, Stephen Lang, as security control room guy. It's like we're going to get you out of there. What in, what in Pandora's name is going on in there? <laughs> well, I mean, but M Night has shown that he has a sense of humor about himself when uh, he did that cameo in uh, Entourage. I, I think I told you about this some time mm. ago. If you, if you guys haven't seen it, you should check it out. It's pretty funny. He sends himself up pretty well. Uh, but have you heard about how um, a, that he's put ideas for Unbreakable 2 in, into, the, into Night- the Night Chronicles? I think it's like Is the that, third movie. Yeah, supposedly. But it, 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 it mentioned something about it was such a cool idea for a villain or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But he, he uh, decided not to do it because he wanted to avoid the whole having too many villains in, in one superhero movie sort yeah. of thing. So it's not, and it's not going to be. It's like you know, it's like he shuts it down before he even gets it going. You yeah, know? It's yeah. Like... <laughs> and it's not going to be like the character from Unbreakable, Bruce Willis's character, or it won't have any of those kind of things in it. It's just the, the concept he had for Unbreakable too will be used. So like the first one is called Devil. The second Night Chronicles movie will be called Twelve Strangers, which is a jury. It's about a, a jury dealing with a case involving the supernatural. Surprise, oh, really? surprise. <laughs> Are the two guys from Supernatural? Um, that could that could be interesting. <laughs> this kind of pisses me off because I personally would have really loved to have seen a sequel to Unbreakable. Yeah. Uh, because I mean, like in my mind, that's probably the last great movie he did. Mr. Glass, last laugh. Mr. Glass. <laughs> uh, but I really enjoyed that first one. I mean, it's mo- it's probably one of my favorite. Non- it probably would have been Mr. Glass in a power suit though, like Lex Luthor. <laughs> I'd pay to see that, dude. <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson and dude, driving a giant it can't robot. Be, it can't be any worse than Samuel L. Jackson in the spirit. Uh, yeah, true. <laughs> but uh, no, that, that could be interesting. And I am looking forward to Devil. Mm-hmm. It does look really good. Did you hear the bit of news that came out about the Judge Dredd casting? Yes, I did. All of, uh, Olivia Thurby, right? Yeah, so she was in Juno, and she was also in The Wackness, amongst other things. But she's totally brunette. Yep. So she's supposedly playing Judge Anderson, head of the, who later becomes head of the PSI division, who's like, you know, psychic judges. And mm-hmm. um, people are saying that maybe if she's in it, maybe Judge Death will be in it, mm-hmm. which would be awesome. If they got the, the, the dark judges into it, you know, I'd still love that, that single picture. I'm still looking for the t shirt where it's like, you know, Dread, gaze into the face of fear. And it's like, <laughs> gaze into the fist of Dread. And he has his hand goes through the fucking head. For those of you who don't know, this is uh, I Am Global. Uh, they're mounting a 3D Judge Dredd film with mm-hmm. a budget of uh, 45 million. Uh, the title has uh, now been confirmed. It's just going to be called Dread. Dread. And uh, Carl Urban is confirmed uh, to play the title character. He will not remove his helmet. Awesome. awesome. The movie is directed by Pete Travis, who directed Vantage Point. Uh, but what Based on a script by Alex Garland. By Alex Garland. This really gets me excited. Alex Garland, uh, for those of you who don't know, he did the screenplay for 28 Days Later in Sunshine, two mm-hmm. very good films. Uh, but my, the, the reason beach. I'm excited... And he also wrote The Beach. Yeah. Uh, the novel... <laughs> uh, I, think, I think we should be very quick to point that out. Yeah. When, when I first... That, that novel blew my mind when I read it. I was like, awesome. That's a great fucking novel. And also, like, you know, you read this shit and you start thinking to yourself... I'm not a tourist. I'm a traveler. <laughs> <laughs> and then you go to Thailand and watch Pearl Harbor. Mm. <laughs> uh, but this is uh, some stuff that... Okay, this is stupid. Uh, Dwayne Johnson, just for the, uh, the Rock, just when it seemed uh, that he was getting sick of doing kiddie movies mm-hmm. and he was moving on back to uh, his forte, which after should be hard After the Tooth action, Fairy. After the Tooth Fairy and fucking... Oh God, a whole bunch of other shit that he was doing... Uh, then he sort of announced that he was going back to action movies and with uh, <laughs> two movies. He's got two action movies coming out. The first one's called Faster, 
Mm-hmm. And the second one's called Fast Five. Oh. Yeah. The Fast Five is actually the, uh, the, the, the latest uh, Fast and Furious movie. Oh, right. Yeah. Just fast. They just cut it back. Yeah, it's fast. like... The, it's, soon, soon the movie's just going to be F. Yeah, I think we did that joke about a year ago, didn't we? <laughs> did we? I can't yeah. remember. Because it wasn't the Fast and the Furious. They were certainly bringing it to Fast and Furious. has been consumed since then. Or F and N. <laughs> but I was pretty happy to see that he was returning to action because, I mean, he's... It's awesome in the rundown. I mean, yeah, it's the rundown. I mean, and he's a good action star. Rumble in the Jungle. Rumble. Same, Same movie. movie. <laughs> <laughs> he was awesome in the rundown and Rumble in the Jungle. It's the same movie, you dumb shit. <laughs> I love Brendan Fraser. He was awesome in California Man and Encino Man. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but he has signed on to star in the sequel to Journey to the Center of the Earth. Oh. This is when you know you're in trouble. When you replace Brendan, Brendan Fraser. Fraser. And uh, this will be called Journey Next, to the Mystery is, Island. Is he also playing Bazooka Joe and G.I. Joe too? <laughs> That'll be sweet. That'll be sweet. I hope so. Uh, but this is a, this will be a modernized version of Jules Verne, the Mysterious Island. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the uh, so they're not going to the center of the earth then. No. Oh. Uh, the 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 kid from the first one will apparently be the, uh, the is the Mysterious Island the basis for the island of Doctor Moreau? No. No, but uh, a lot of people say that it's the basis for Lost. Ah. Uh, but Josh uh, Hutcherson, who was the, uh, the the kiddie lead in the first one, he'll be playing the main lead in this film. He's playing uh, Brendan Fraser. Yes, sir. As he goes to a mythical and monstrous island, quote, searching for his lost grandfather and taking his mom's boyfriend with him, and Dwayne Johnson will play the boyfriend. Gotcha. So Brendan Fraser is unavailable. Uh-huh. But uh, this, this is interesting. Journey to the Mysterious Island will be directed by Brad Payton, who directed Cats and Dogs, The, Re- the Revenge of Kitty Galore. No, the, it's not interesting. It's this, the script is written by Richard Outen, who who wrote Pet Cemetery Two. <laughs> you, How do these guys still get work? You may remember uh, that movie. It starred Edward Furlong. That should give you an idea of how fucking old that movie Fuck. is. <laughs> and um, and also co-written by two brothers, Brian and Mark Gunn, who were co- who were the co-writers and of the direct-to-video sequel to Bring It On. Mm. <laughs> a lot of di- a lot of direct-to-DVD people involved. This, in this is show. sounding Z-list. I know. This is, this is not a renaissance with a rock. This looks like the end of his career. <laughs> but it's like, shit. He's, he's going to be in a sci-fi original movie next. I mean, like, you take a look at those credentials. What makes you think, like, this could really help me? Yeah. It's like, especially when, you're, when, you, when you seem to be back on track, you know, like doing the whole action shit again. Yeah. And it's like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> uh, I think it's movie with the best name, uh, the upcoming movie with the best name for the week. Did you hear about Hobo for, with a shotgun? Yes, I heard about this. Did you see the trailer? Is this Rucker Hauer? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't see the trailer. This, tra- this looks badass. So this, this apparently came from, there was a, around the time when Grindhouse came out, some South by Southwest fest movie festival. Mm-hmm. They had a competition for fake trailers. Yes. And they have the fake, and I think it's on Slash Film, they have the, the current trailer and the fake trailer. Mm-hmm. And there's actually some of it's, the fake trailer is completely over the fucking top. Mm-hmm. The real trailer is quite nice. It starts with Rutger Hauer talking to all these babies in like a maternity ward. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, you know, you've all got shit ahead of you, you're going to become a lawyer, an accountant, but no, you're just going to be shit. Like, you're going <laughs> to end up turning tricks on the street. And there's a shot of like the hobo going to place. It's way more played up in the um, in the in the original the, the the short where he's like looking into a shop window at a, like a lawnmower with a big grin on his face and a sock full of quarters. <laughs> and then like something goes out of the background and then he changes and he look, he's looking up at the shotgun mm-hmm. in the window and the mm-hmm. camera's behind the shotgun looking down at him as shit's going on in the background. That exact same shot is in it with Rooker Hauer. Uh-huh. But this look, and I think the, 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 the short trailer shows a little bit more than the actual movie trailer does in that, you know, there is some bounty hunters after this hobo. Give me that fucking hobo! <laughs> and But it looks fucking total grindhouse. Like, there's bits with guys, they're like, they're in a manhole cover with their head sticking out with a rope around it t- attached out to a car. Jesus. Like, there seems to be, there's at some point guys in weird fucking body armor turn up trying to take down the hobo and he's just going around fucking blowing the shit out of people. This looks like it could be very much in the same vein as Planet Terror and um, Machete. Machete and be a lot of fucking fun. Excellent. And Rucker Howard. Rucker Howard, man. More. I mean, like, I will watch anything that Rucker Howard does. Yeah. It's like, and he's done some shit. Yeah. <laughs> this looks like a return to form. A return to... Well, you know, but he's got a face made... I mean, like, just everything about that He's dude. got a face made for Guinness ads. He's got... <laughs> I love those ads. That was fantastic. They <laughs> made ads. no fucking sense. It's just him sitting down, fucking drinking. And getting Guinness on his nose. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet. Guinness actually, they had the best ads. Yeah. They, although, although I hated those fucking the the Adam. What's his name? Remember those Guinness ads with like a uh, meet Adam. Remember there was this dude, 
It's like the guy that's like, you know, like at, this guy, Adam, Adam something, I can't remember his name, but he's like, he's like the shit. He runs his own company. He rules the fucking world. You know, he's like, hey, you, know, you don't remember these ads? I never saw that one, no. It's like, uh, who is Adam something? And it's just this dude. And there were two versions. There was one in like the, for the European market where they had a white dude and one for the Asian market where they had some like mixed Asian dude. And the Asian guy looked like an asshole. <laughs> like, I just remember watching these ads and like, who is Adam, whatever the fuck his name is. And I just he's a cop. And I just see this guy, he's holding up his pint glass. I'm like, fuck you. You make me not want to drink Guinness <laughs> one of the coolest parts if you ever do the, the Guinness uh, storehouse in Dublin which is their tourist centre mm-hmm. it's quite cool to have it laid out so you can see like on the ground floor it's just this huge area full of grain for those, of, for those of you who remember the uh, who is Adam whatever the fuck his name is Guinness ads email us at podcast at mcgappenfries.com yeah email <laughs> um, but that, you know it's a cool thing you get to see how it's all made and stuff but up the top floor they have a, a multimedia area where you can watch all the ads Oh really? And they have all the ads in the seventies forward, like you know, the, remember the one with the surfers, mm-hmm. yeah, the yeah, old yeah, spice. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. have that one. They have the dancing guy. <laughs> that was ridiculous. Going to the pub and just everyone dancing to that fucking burn the vista. That, that, that would just freak me out. Yeah. <laughs> everyone buying pints of Guinness and putting them on the table. The last thing, dancing I, around it. the last thing I ever want to see in a pub is people dancing in unison. Mm. There's just something about that that's just inherently wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing should be done in unison. No. In a pub. <laughs> it's called line dancing, and it must be destroyed. Forever. And ever. And ever. Sandman. TV news. <laughs> uh, for those of you uh, who are fans of uh, Neil Gaiman, you will probably be either very happy or not happy at all to hear that uh, it is inching a bit closer to uh, coming to the small screen. Yeah. Uh, the Sandman, the Sandman uh, well, it's not really a miniseries. It was like 64 issues? 75 issues. 75 issues, that's right. Um is being turned into a television series by the uh, the Warner Brothers uh, TV station. Yeah. Uh, it looks like, an, and the uh, the one, the, the front runner to tackle it will be Eric Kripke, who yeah. is um, the creator and showrunner for Supernatural, a show which I have actually never seen. Is it any good? I've read synopsis and I've seen bits of it, and it is quite cool. And I mean, he very much, it, you know, it was very much Monster of the Week, but he had a plan. Mm-hmm. And he finished the plan. So I think at the end of the fifth series, that's why he's moving. That's why he's looking for something else. Because at the end of the fifth series, like they started off with their mother was killed by a demon, their father was a hunter, um, and they had this whole thing of them just getting into the business. And then apparently, like the third and fourth series were all the heaven and hell, trying to prevent Lucifer getting out, all this kind of stuff. Huge end of the world, cats and dogs living together, mass hysteria. Enough, I get the point. And um, he finished it off. Right now they're continuing on and they're revamping it slightly, but he, as he's as showrunner, he's done his piece, which is again it very much I guess in the style of the guy. He's like, I've said all I want to say with this show. I'm moving on. Yeah, and I then other s- people sort of like do their own spin-offs. I mean, yeah. I was actually a big fan of the Sandman spin-offs. I loved the Dreaming. Yeah. Um, although I must confess, I, I didn't go with it the long haul. I think mm-hmm. I read like the first. 30 I think what Goldie's in it pretty good. Yeah, thir- I mean, I loved Kane and Abel. Yeah, I loved those two characters. It was just genius. constantly killing him. <laughs> I mean, like I remember like uh, the opening story arc for the Dreaming was. Fucking a- Abel gets pissed off that he keeps getting killed. Yeah. <laughs> so he so he runs away, <laughs> and then Kane doesn't know how to deal with not having anyone to kill. So yeah. he goes looking for him. <laughs> I mean, the part of that was that this wasn't the original Kane and Abel, but it's like whatever people have dreamt of in the world of stories, they are in the yeah. they are in the dreaming. Another amazing uh, Sandman spinoff was uh, Lucifer. Yes. Which was genius. Yeah. That, I mean that that is actually something that I would love to see turned into a series. Why? Oh, he had to go to yeah he had to go to hell because he you know he, he was when he was you know. Uh, God of the Dreaming to uh, an for those, of you, for those of you who are unaware uh, I mean Sandman it's the central character is uh, this guy named Morpheus and he's the lord of he's the lord of the dreaming yeah and the, he's part of the endless seven brothers and sisters who yes. are not gods not human not in between there's something but they are the personification of us and there's a whole yeah. lot of things there with like uh, desire very desire, much desire is like she's giving out with the humans all the time it's like yeah. without them we don't exist mm-hmm. well, and then there's death and delirium uh, just uh, it's there destruction. Yeah. The brotherhood. The, I mean, it's the, just an amazing array of characters. And if you haven't read these books, I mean, I highly recommend it. You don't have to be comic book fans to enjoy these books. Yes, this is the whole like the start of the whole graphic novel kind of thing. Even more so than like the Batman's year ones and stuff like that. This was. I mean, this along with Hellblazer and Swamp Thing really built Vertigo. Yeah, really put DC Vertigo on the map. But key to one of the difficulties of this TV show is that I mean, it depends on what they go with it. I mean, it's 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 incredible. I mean. This thing has been in development hell for a long time, and it's and it's no surprise. I mean, this there were thing a whole was, series of issues where he wasn't even in he it. He wasn't even in it exactly, but it was still fantastic drama. Yeah, I mean, this a game <laughs> of you was 
Game of You. Yeah. The one with um, Barbie and Ken. Yeah. <laughs> Barbie and Ken. Are I've like forgotten about that. Joe throwaway <laughs> characters in one in one story arc where you know I think something something was happening to him and everyone all over the world was freaking out in their yeah. dreams yeah. and there was like they were just like four or five panel characters and then a whole storyline is just about her getting her shit together and it's yeah. awesome. It's yeah. It's it is an amazing book. However, it is it makes the Watchmen look easy to yes. adapt. Yeah. You know, it's like people go on about how difficult the Watchmen is to adapt. This is fucking hard yeah. I, I mean like even for TV it requires so much uh, it requires so much faith in the audience to stick with it yeah that because I, I can imagine it like, can turn into a Twilight Zone thought show very easily it could I mean but the thing is it has the potential to go either way it is one of those series that if it's done right it yeah. could quite possibly be one of the best things ever done yeah. But if done wrong, it could be an absolute fucking train wreck. Yeah, it could be like, you know, the, the best they can hope for is that best that, that, the best show that uh, Warner Brothers has done, which is... Um... Dawson's Creek. <laughs> <laughs> but have Warner Brothers Television done anything? Um, well, I mean, when I when I was still watching it, it was it was called the WB, and from what I understand, it's not... That's back before there was a CW. Yeah, so it's... Uh, I. I actually haven't been watching the Warner Brothers channel, so I don't really know what they're... But nothing that you hear about, everything you hear about is never, HBO yeah, or yeah, Showtime. Yeah. I or, would never ever think that, um, that 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 the Sandman would find a home in this particular station. Yeah, they better not get Robert Pattinson as fucking Morpheus. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at one point, there was um, there was an attempt to try and do a HBO series that... Um, that uh, James Mangold was trying to do. That was the thing. I only heard about this when they mentioned it in relation to this story. I never heard about James Mangold doing it. No, no, I heard about it some time ago. It was yeah. uh, this was quite, a, but it, it never really got that much coverage because it never really went anywhere. Yeah. But uh, that would have been interesting. James Mangold is the director of Walk the Line and uh, Copland and also Night and Day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, going back to Lucifer there for a second, just to give you an idea of the character of Morpheus, you know, someone points out to him that when he broke up with his girlfriend five thousand years ago, yeah, condemning her to an eternity in hell was going a bit harsh. <laughs> just slightly you know what I mean it's only when someone points this out to him that he was being a bit of a dick he says I'll go and let her out <laughs> and that's when Lucifer gives him the key to hell which brings down a whole load of hassle on his head because he's going to deal with all this bullshit but it was cool that was a very cool story act and Lucifer just like cuts off his wings and says I'm out of here I'm done I quit yeah it could be very interesting to see where they take it but at the moment it still is in the very very early stages yeah. but it'll be interesting I wonder as well of how many of those spin-off properties are already properties in their own life. Like Lucifer might be on its own as yeah, well. So that's true. To get that's that. true. Yep. But yeah. Also speaking of uh, TV and also speaking of comics, um, did you ever read Lock and Key by Joe Hill? No, I didn't. So Joe Hill is the son of Stephen King. Mm-hmm. He's written a couple of books which have been quite well received, and he started writing this comic book series, which is about it's very like the House of Secrets, I believe. But there's a house with all these doors that open that are different areas. And um, there's a creature in the house who's after them. It's, it's the, the, the tale of Key House, and unlike your New England mansion, with fantastic doors that transform all who dare to walk through them. Home to a hate-filled and reckless, relentless creature that will not rest until the forces open the most terrible door of them yeah. all. This so, has got a very good... The comic book got had a very good, um, very good reviews, um, considering you know a lot of baggage there with Stephen King's dad. That's why he changed his name to Joe Hill. Um, yeah, I'd imagine I, I might do that. <laughs> but um, it sounds like it could be good. So, but that's going to be done by Fox. I did hear something about this, but I can't. Wasn't there like a director attached, like a pretty well-known name or something? Well, pretty. They 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 did. They're going to do an honor. Steven Spielberg was previously attached as producer, but he's no longer attached. That's right. Oh no, it's the Fringe team, isn't mm. it? It's Alex Kurtzman and Roberto Orci, aren't they? Involved yeah, yeah. In uh, Alex Kurtzman, Robert Robert Orci, Josh Friedman as well, who is uh, Terminator to Sarah Connor Chronicles, which I heard very good things about. Yeah, exactly. Oh, sweet. Well, okay. <laughs> this is something that I just don't know why. But have you heard about the Clash of the Titans sequel going going ahead? No. Yep. Will there be Titans it's, in it this time? Uh, hopefully. Uh, but it has been greenlit, and apparently it's going to be directed by um, Jonathan um, Liebesman, who directed, um, who's directing the upcoming Battle of Los Angeles. Oh, okay. And he also directed... Which cool at Comic-Con. It did, it did. It also, uh, he also directed the Texas Chainsaw Massacre at the beginning. Mm-hmm. The <laughs> that was the one after the one with Jessica Biel, right? Yes, yes. After the remake, then they did the prequel. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, but, well, apparently Sam Worthington and Gemma Atherton are uh, confirmed to come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, God knows who else. But the whole thing is like, what? what Why? What, what is this? Why? I mean, <laughs> you know, you're like a sequel to a, a remake of a film that had no sequel. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck, man? And it's and, it's, and, and a know, movie that needed no sequel because it was kind of shit. There you go. I mean, and, and the, the movie is pretty final at the end. 
Yeah. You know, like, the Kraken's fucking dead. Yeah. We're like, what, is there something from the sky? Is there, is there a sky Kraken that they're going to bring down or some shit? Is Danny Houston going to get more than one line of dialogue this time? <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> but I just don't see the point, you know? It's yeah. like, why? I think you were lucky... Because it made bank. It made bank, but you were lucky to get away with it in the first place. Yeah. You know, I mean, it made bank... Count your fucking blessings. Yeah, it made bank because people didn't know any better. I mean, people got fucked with the 3D. Because it was with the Clash of the Titans movie that people that the cracks in 3D conversion really started the show. Yeah, that's when, like, at Comic-Con, when they mentioned we're converting it, that's why there were boos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this, this was for the Marvel panel, right? Any panel. Yeah. Any panel that mentioned 3D, so that, well, I think they went to great pains with the Resident Evil one to say, we shot it in 3D. Well, Edgar Wright's thing about, this movie will be available in 2D didn't turn out to be much of a selling point. Yeah. <laughs> now that you mention it, I mean, like, actually, I think that movie would have fucked my eyeballs if it was in 3D. It's like, it well, already raped my brain fucking <laughs> the way it was going on. <laughs> How many more days till it opens in Malaysia? Uh, yeah, that's a good bit of news. So apparently it's moved up from uh, November 11th to uh, October 28th. So it's now only 54 days we have to wait before we can see Scott Pilgrim for the second time <laughs> and the third and the fourth can you say sad <laughs> can you say Scott Pilgrim <laughs> you know this actually reminds me of something that I did when I was a, when I was a little kid because like what, what we're doing is like ever since uh, Scott Pilgrim bombed you just find yourself trying to figure out ways to get people to go see it and yeah. try and m- have the movie make a bit more money I've already like, got a like, our, like, our, like, like our fucking 20 ring it's going to make a bit of difference yeah exactly you know? but I, I did the exact international box office is going to be huge I did the exact same thing uh, in the early 90s I forget how old I was with Jurassic Park and uh, Last Action Hero I was such a huge Arnold fan and I was so pissed that Last Action Hero bombed because I, 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 I was one of the only guys in my group of friends that liked it yeah yeah you know so I went and bought toys I went and bought <laughs> I went and spent my pocket money to go to see it again because it's like no it must make more money <laughs> shit I did the exact I got burned uh, that's why I kind of laid off the recommendations for a while I got burned on um Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. That movie's awesome. I know. <laughs> but not around my peer group. They're like, oh, that sucks. I was like, what's wrong with you people? This movie's awesome. <laughs> You're like evil robot usses. I totally possessed my dad. <laughs> <laughs> I got a full on robot chubby. chubby. <laughs> Chuck Denomalous. Chuck Denomalous. <laughs> He's a history teacher from the 23rd century. Uh, and they get they get the they get the the dude from Faith No More to come in and teach them about rock history. Yeah. <laughs> uh, apparently, I mean, like uh, there was an interview with Alex Winter, and apparently Ed Solomon, Keanu Reeves, and Ed Winter have been seriously trying to find a way to do a third. The, I would be the, total- the nostalgia money's there. I mean, although eighteen hasn't done so well, right? I would be totally up for a third Bill and Ted movie yeah. if those guys were to come back. Because apparently, what they are saying is that if they did do it. It, they would do it the age they are at now. Oh yeah, Bill and Ted get old. Bill and Ted get old. <laughs> and the thing is, is that those two, th- those two guys can play those roles in their sleep. Yeah, <laughs> in their sleep. Keanu Reeves just sleeps, walks through most of the movies. He does. <laughs> huh? Whoa, whoa, whoa. dude. <laughs> but that would be so funny if they pulled it off. If they did it right. Yeah. If they did it like you know. I don't know. I mean, like, God knows how they would actually do it because the, because the thing is, at the end of Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, you're basically told everything that happens after that in the end credit sequence. Yeah. So they would have to follow that. I would imagine. Death, run, de- <laughs> Death reigns Indy 500. Yeah, I'm really tired. How come everyone else was using cars? While Stallion's <laughs> World Tour, peace achieved. <laughs> Air guitar cuts down on CO2 emissions. <laughs> Time man of the year, death. <laughs> Those were genius at the end. We've come to help you in your most unfortunate expedition. <laughs> Dude, I have a very bad feeling. I gotta watch this again. I said, shut your holes! <laughs> My favorite part is like during the, ver- the different stages of hell. Yeah. And they go to the, the, the army barracks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the fucking colonel's there. It's like, like get down and give... No, drop and give me infinity. infinity. <laughs> oh no, dude, there's no way I can do an infinity push up. <laughs> it's like, you're not <laughs> struggling on three. <laughs> and he's walking around and, and his dialogue's just cracking me up because he was like saying stuff like, you know, it's like, you're not strong. You're silky boys. Silk comes from the putts of Chinese words. And I was just, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, I just remember, like, uh, what. <laughs> I just remember, like, when you would watch uh, America, the American, America's Top 40 with Casey Kasem. Mm-hmm. Uh, top 10. Uh, top 40 with radio, top 10 TV. But at the end of that, they'll go through the top 10 movies. Yeah. And I just remember 
Number nine was Point Break. Yeah. Number two was Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. <laughs> and I just remember like fucking hey dude, look at this Keanu motherfucker. <laughs> two, two movies in the top ten. <laughs> did you see the trailer for I'm Still Here? Yes, I did. This looks fucked up. This it, looks. This looks. It looks like you're Joaquin Phoenix is a twisted motherfucker. Yeah, you? but I mean, it looks like one man's descent into hell. It looks I like know. he's just lost it completely. Because I know there was. A, I don't know whether they're going spoof route or not. It doesn't look like they're going spoof route. No, but <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix trying to make it as a hip hop kind of uh, singer is whoa. And what? And, and another thing that like adds just this whole fucked up, creepy element to it is that it's directed by his brother-in-law, mm. Casey Affleck, and it's just like. What the fuck, man? Do you think, like, Casey Affleck's just, like, watching this, like, going, this is... I get to watch this guy fucking melt the fuck down. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like... It's, it's like that shot where he just his belly hanging out, and he's just sort of hanging out from the smoke or something. I it's know, weird. it's just, like, it's so bizarrely voyeuristic that it's probably going to make a fortune. Yeah, this is the thing that, like, you know, if you've seen any pictures of him recently, he looks like Zach Galifianakis. He's got massive wild hair, he's got a big beard, and he's, had, he's been doing this for, like, a year, and he's turning up at hip-hop parties and all sorts of stuff, hanging out with big producers and things, so... At the time, it was like, is he is he melting down or is he a, is he doing a spoof? And it looks like he just melted down. It's it's just bizarre. I it mean, also doesn't help. Have you seen like that? Does that one patch of hair on the left at the back? That like I'm sure it's across different times that it's shot. This yeah, thing yeah. is always sticking up. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. just looks like oh god, he's totally fucked. No, it's it's. <laughs> I don't even know what to make of it. I mean, it looks it it. It looks it looks interesting, but it looks interesting in such a horrible way. Yeah, you know, it's, it's like, a car crash. Yeah, it's like, and you don't know if you want to pay money to see. This. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll probably see it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure. Did I mention the monsters trailer? No, you didn't. This weeks? looks interesting. This looks very good. This looks like a cross. Uh, this is a movie. Uh, a little small. I, I have heard though from people who've seen it. The trailer. It's on iTunes. Um, the trailer does oversell it a little bit in that it is more of an indie road movie just with aliens involved it is very much uh, in the vein of like uh, it looks like it's um, 28 Days Later but with, but with monsters instead yeah of District zombies. 9 crossed with the mist oh right is what I think it looks like because okay. it's like it's like apparently you know space probe crashed in Mexico six years ago and uh, things what? started you growing. This, you notice this shit always crashes in Mexico. Well, I, well there's, there's, a, there's a theme there because is it's it, like they're trying to cross the border. It's like it's like maybe like they're, they're, they're <laughs> why are they trying to cross? Why not just crash? Be, uh, no, not the monsters. There's a guy trying to cross oh, the right, border. Right, he right. lost his passport or something, or he's got to get. It's this. almost like these aliens. It's like they get their information fucked up, and it's like they try to land somewhere. It's like look for places where there are lots of other aliens. Yeah, <laughs> and they just don't. They just don't understand what that, that term of aliens means. They're not aliens in Mexico. They're from Mexico. <laughs> no, no, I clean. Si, señor. I clean now. Andale, andale. Consuela, go away. Arriba, arriba. Consuela from Family Guy. <laughs> no, I clean now. No, Consuela, clean later. No, clean now. No Windex. This is Windex. It's almost as good. No, has to be Windex. I clean now. <laughs> we're gonna, this shit's fucked up. We're, gonna, we're, bring a, we're, gonna, we're going to hell. <laughs> we're going to hell. But this does look very atmospheric, very cool. There's a very cool shot of an F-14 sitting in the lake and then something just takes it. Yeah, something. But... Uh, this is a pretty l- low budget movie, so uh, yeah, I would imagine like they probably show like a lot of the money shots in the trailer, and yeah. the actual movie is going to be something quite different. It looks quite cool. Any idea on what the budget might be? No, it's pretty low. Should be pretty interesting to see whether they can. Uh, it's, it's, it's around like, uh, it's like stretch. skyline level or something, or even less. I see. Right. Have you heard about? I haven't. I haven't heard about this book. Um, I mean, I've heard about the book, but I haven't read it. The Hunger Games. Mm. Have you read it? No, I haven't read it. But there's a couple of websites online rave about it all the time. All right. Well, apparently, uh, it is coming to the screen, and there are three directors that are the frontrunners to direct it. The first one is very interesting, Sam Mendes. Uh-huh. Sam Mendes is becoming a director that gets attached, attached to everything, but to doesn't a lot do of, anything. Doesn't actually do anything. Uh, Gary Ross, who directed Sea Biscuit, and David Slade once again. Thirty Days of Night, Hard Candy, Twilight, also in the running to direct the sequel to Wolverine. Not Joe Dirt. <laughs> no, not Joe Dirt. <laughs> but um, apparently, uh, this is uh, the story centers on uh, Katniss Everdeen, who is a sixteen-year-old uh, poor chick who, uh, from a poor territory that was once Appalachia, and uh, become and she becomes a teen gladiator in a reality show event that is a battle to the de- to the death against other teens from the twelve districts that make up what is left of the USA, which is run by a cruel totalitarian government. Quote. <laughs> Sounds like Tekken. That's the plot of Tekken right there. Yep. Only with fighting. More fighting. 
Oh, well, so the picture, the chick looks pretty young. What yeah, the fuck yeah, did she yeah. do in this well, fucking well, she's, tournament? She's 16 years old. Oh, wow. <laughs> but uh, the books have uh, apparently been very, very successful. Uh-huh. Uh, and, it, and it's, uh, again, a trilogy. Mm-hmm. So tril- <laughs> I get scared whenever I hear that word now. Yeah, because all you got to look at is Airbender, if they do another one, and uh, The Golden Compass, who fucked themselves in the ass by screwing up the ending of their fucking movie mm-hmm. by not having the ending that was in the book. Because the ending was awesome. Uh, other bit of news then hopefully tr- Disney is backing a lot on Tron they're going to open at uh, Disneyland they're going to have uh, Dis- Disneyland Disney World theme parks they're going to open Electronica it's going to be a, th- a Tron themed area yes which, I, I have heard about this with, with a Flynn's arcade and recognizers and shit at the moment it's just concept art but um, they've, already, they- they've already skinned the, mo- the monorails in Orlando with the um, transforming light bikes but um, yeah they're going to revamp Tomorrowland so could be could be it's rumors for now, but I mean it could be cool, and if it is cool, hopefully, you know definitely hopefully they get it in Japan or go to get it in like Disneyland Hong Kong and go see it there. <laughs> you would, yeah. Would you go? To, you actually would. Mm. I, don't I passed know. it so many times when I was working there. I was like, looking at the pic- looking at the pictures, it just looks like a wanky rave. It does, yeah. <laughs> Dude, hold it's, on. It's Zook out. You know, and you know that you know that it's gonna be like Daft Punk all the way. So it's, yeah. it's gonna be a fucking rave. It's gonna be a fucking rave. Actually, maybe we should go. <laughs> we'll be the only ones there treating it like a rave. Yeah. <laughs> Blowing whistles the whole fucking time. <laughs> we'll bring Jonas with us. <laughs> oh my, I'm fucking mounted in Tronland. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but it doesn't look good. The, the the text is all like it's gonna be an electrifying experience for the entire family. It's like no, fuck off. God, well that's just, you see that that that's the kiss of death right there. It yeah. shouldn't be for the entire family. No. It should be it should be for people like us. Yes, <laughs> people with no families, ah. no connections whatsoever. <laughs> Want to be in the matrix? <laughs> all right, moving on to emails. Right. Uh, just one email this week it's a follow up from the saga of Dave's emails the last, if you've been listening the last few weeks we initially uh, we recast our um, Getting Prize movie there a couple of weeks ago and one of our listeners got very offended at the fact that we were going to cast Rob Strong Andrew Strong I don't want to see, keep saying Rob Strong probably for the same reason you keep on you can't figure out David Spade yeah <laughs> I'm an idiot I wasn't going to go there but you know but uh, last week, you know, we, we, we redressed the balance by saying that David is not the fat guy from the commitments. He is actually more, a lot more like Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. So with Dave, short hair. With short hair. So Dave writes in this week, Hey guys, thanks for clearing up that little misunderstanding, but now it seems you've created another issue. Since being compared to Colin Farrell and Ryan Reynolds, I've seen to acquire a bit of a following. Sure, my lovely wife agrees with those comparisons completely, but she's not too impressed with the constant stream of women now calling to our door. It's gotten so bad I've even had to shut down my Facebook and Gmail accounts. All I can say is be careful what you wish for. So now I need some much-needed advice. How do you guys handle your groupies? Thank you and good night, Dave. How do you handle your groupies, Gavin? I find that it's very easy to get rid of them if you just sleep with them. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm quite crap. So they leave you alone after that. Oh, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. How <laughs> fucking call me? <laughs> uh, I did try and get some of them to do some chores for me. Cause it, <laughs> cause that, that, In your sex dungeon? <laughs> No, not, not, not like actual household shit. Mm-hmm. Like, you can know, like do the dishes because I hate doing dishes. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, like they did go with it for a little bit, but then I found out that they're actually worse at that shit than I am. So uh, like, uh, there's no, there's no right or wrong way to deal with groupies, Dave. Um, <laughs> I don't have groupies. I have band aids. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> Almost famous, baby. No more planes tour 2010. <laughs> I, w- I mean, I will go so far as to say that most groupies do not look like Kate Hudson. <laughs> So I find that the easiest way to get rid of them is just to either not answer the door... Or just take a photo with them. Just take a photo with them, you know, like, you know, sign their bra or something. That works. (laughs) (laughs) So we hope that works out for you, Dave. Yeah. (laughs) All the best with that. Let me know how that goes. (laughs) Or I would imagine um, if I had a wife, as Mm -hmm. you do... That would be a very effective way of dealing with them. Just get your wife to handle it. Yeah. (laughs) Get your wife to answer the door. It's like, and you know, and and if they somehow sweet talk her into, uh, you know, like, and she's okay with it, I mean, that's like a get out of jail free card for you right there. You know, if you try and handle the shit yourself, you might put yourself in a very awkward situation where she might be like, you know, like, you know, what the fuck are you going behind my back for? But if you let her deal with this, any that seep through the cracks, it's her fault. Yeah. It's her fault. So technically, you can do what you want because she gave you the okay. (laughs) 
it's so easy to talk about people you, you've never met. Yeah. <laughs> but that would be my advice, Dave. I don't have a wife to take the fall. So you do. So I would get her to do it for you. Yeah. So let us know how you get on with that, Dave. All right. Moving on to reviews. What did you see this week? I saw the uh, re-release of Avatar. All right. Uh, <laughs> for those of you who are unaware of this movie... <laughs> <laughs> Welcome from your cryogenic sleep. You know what? I don't have the energy to fucking... Okay, explain it. <laughs> to, to explain the story right now. But, dances uh, with blue Indians. It's dances with, it's dances with aliens yeah. mixed with a bit of fern gully. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially the closing title. <laughs> it like, oh dear like, God! It's like in case you weren't aware. Did they this keep the is, song. Did they keep the song. They keep the song. Did you leave before it started? Yes, I didn't. Oh. <laughs> Leon Lewis, you've a lot to fucking answer for. Yeah. Simon Cowell, you've got a lot to fucking answer. For. <laughs> <laughs> you should be shot for El Devo alone, you son of a bitch. <laughs> but anyway. Um, Okay, so basically Avatar is about this, marine, this former Marine, Jake space Sully, marine. space marine, played by uh, Sam Worthington, uh, whose twin brother, who is a scientist, is... Um, they never say how, this, uh, how, this, how the brother died. He was mugged for his credits because Earth's got shit. Hmm? He was mugged for his credits. Oh, right. I didn't get that. Yeah. <laughs> how many times have you seen the movie now? Five. <laughs> <laughs> I was too busy looking at that weightless scene. <laughs> I get distracted in the first scene because, in my opinion, the 3D in it's, Avatar it's, is the best in the opening in the opening when sequence. he wakes up when he wakes floating. up yeah I just love that I love that whole sequence that's very well done um, and so like uh, Jake Sully takes his place and uh, he's got an avatar waiting for him and the avatar is like uh, sort of like a na- he beca- you know, like it gives it gives them an opportunity to be to become uh, Navi and to go and explore Pandora and to not die from all the toxic fumes that is in the air yeah your avatar is basically a giant bio clone body that's kind of part human part uh Pandoran Navi yeah and uh, you know but it's, it's key to your genetic signature so you, you know they've spent a lot of money building this thing so they need the brother to drive it that's right uh, and the main reason all the humans are there is because they're uh, they're looking for unobtainium yeah <laughs> which doesn't get any more doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't, get, get, doesn't get any less funny I think I, I can't remember I think it was Total Film that said like uh, they're there looking for unobtainium they might as well have called it MacGuffinonium or yeah, something exactly. <laughs> But I think we talked about this when the movie came out. Unobtainium is a technical term that they use in places like NASA and stuff, and then they talk about solving the oil crisis or anything. So it's like, you know, it's, it's some wonder material that will sort, sort everything out. So, I mean, Jim Cameron spent 10 years. Yeah, he spent fucking 10 years. He couldn't come up with a better name. I know. Look at Helium 3 or something. God only knows. Just make something up. But anyway, I mean, I'm just going to go on uh, assuming. The mining adamantium. Yeah, I'm just going to assume that you've seen the movie or that you've heard of it or that you know the general plot or that you. <laughs> if you haven't. Then why are you listening to this? Go back onto your rock. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you listening to this? So I'm just going to talk about the additional material. I mean, it is essentially the same film with um, nine, roughly like eight, nine minutes of additional material. Uh Um, There's a couple of things in there. I mean, like, uh, as as, uh, Ian mentioned before, this is my fifth time watching it. So not all of the new material really sort of impressed me because I'm just like, that's it. But there is there were like a couple of bits in there that I'm glad they put in. It does shed a little bit of light. It does uh, bookend a couple of things nicely. And what kind of can you give an example? Okay, well uh, you get to see uh, Grace's school, uh, but it's like when they when they go when they go to uh, pa- Grace played by Sigourney Weaver. Yes, uh, when they get there, the school's all fucked up because they had a school, but the shit went bad. Yeah, shit got real. Well, basically, what happens is like uh, that first uh, mission when. Uh, the, when uh, Sigourney Weaver and Sam Worthington and um, Joel Joel Moore Nor- Norm Spellman that geeky guy when they go down there to get samples and all that shit before they cut to the sample bit where uh, Jake Sully pisses off and starts touching everything and pissing everything off uh, there's <laughs> pisses off the bio yeah <laughs> the bio just goes bio. around touching everything touching the ecosystem <laughs> feeling up the planet but uh, before that sequence they go to the school yeah and I mean it's not much but if you've is it all ruined and shit now it's all fucked up yeah and, and, and Sigourney Weaver's all kind of like looking back on like oh it was fun and like they learned they learned our language so fast and blah 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 blah. and then Jake Sully sees like some, some bullets some bullet holes in the door yeah. and is like what happened here <laughs> and then she's just like let's go Fuck bring it. your guns to school Tuesdays did not work out nah well. it didn't work out <laughs> you know, so there was that um, does it really add anything not really uh-huh. but it's you know as someone who's seen it five times it was kind of nice to see oh okay Okay, well, you know, that's what the school looks like. It looks like fucking a hut. <laughs> so, you know, nice to know they're showing them, showing us the money shots. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Uh, so there was that. And then there's like a couple of a couple of extra shots with uh, Giovanni Ribisi where you see that he actually is sort of slightly conflicted about things that are going on. Which is good because he is total corporate slime bag. And so that's yeah. like, oh, wait, 
when I said fire them, I didn't mean set them all on fire. Yeah. And there, there was, like, an extended sex scene, which I didn't get to see because it's in Malaysia and that was cut. Oh, so it is in the movie, which is clear here. From what I understand is that there wasn't an extended sex scene, but I've read a couple of other reviews for it that say that the... Um, Hair sex. It's, it's, they say that it's a little bit of an anticlimax. Oh, really? The, the extended sex scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There are okay. There are three bits in there. That I'm sorry, it's never happened to me before. <laughs> <laughs> I've never fucked with my hair before. <laughs> I didn't know you could do that. Well, I, like, I like that thing you no, do with your tail. Well, if you can see Ian's hairstyle, that's a truly horrifying thought. <laughs> I don't even want. To know. No, no. A lot of dapper down man required. Anywho, shut my heart. <laughs> Anyway, anywho, <laughs> there are three bits in there which do add something to it, mm-hmm. but um, it, uh, it's okay. The first bit is um, when uh, the, when after Jake Sully gets his uh, his Ikran, uh, his, fly, his, uh, his his flying bird that he chooses, and uh, after that sequence, there's a bit in the original cut of the film. There's a bit of narration where he says something to the effect of like, "I was death from above," you know, "I was a natural at flying this fucker," and, and all that shit. Uh, whereas in this version, before it, com- it cuts to that piece of narration, narration, there is a sequence where you have sort of like a, I suppose, like a, a Pandora version of a Brontosaurus stampede. Mm-hmm. And you do see him take a couple of these things down from the air. Okay, cool. And so, and that's kind of, and that's kind of interesting. That makes sense. That makes sense. And then it cuts to that, I was death from above. So it's like, okay, so at least you do kind of see him. He's killed things from above. He's killed things from above. Mm. And it's kind of hard to do because you've got to be a real crack aim because they only fall if you shoot them directly in this hole they have in their side that connects to their heart or whatever the fuck. Uh, So, you know, I mean, it's not like a showstopper, but it does add something to that. 3D, it adds immersion. Yeah, there you go. Another part is... um, after um, the sec- after the sex scene, uh, because he takes a while to wake up because he's still like uh, in-, in human form, like you know Sigourney Weaver's not letting him plug in again until he eats his eggs. Oh, okay. <laughs> Do you remember that bit? And she's trying to wake him up because the bulldozers are there and it, go- it goes all fern gully at that point. Yeah. Um, what they, they there's this. Have they inserted cut- the having a smoke scene. No. Oh. What they've uh- <laughs> after the sex scene. What they what the- what they've put back in there is that before. It's like after uh, Jake Sully goes up to the thing and smashes... Jake Sully. Jake Sully. Before he uh, climbs up on the bulldozer and smashes up their um, camera. Their camera. They, they add this new sequence in there. It's that uh, after, after Jake Sully is brought, uh, brought back, after Stephen Lang sort of wakes, wakes that fucker up and everything, mm-hmm. um, they, they show that the following day, the Navi have gone in and killed all the humans. The bulldozing team and all that. Oh bit. right! So they've gone in. The, so they show you the aftermath. It's like you know, like a, it's like it's like done like District Nine style, like documentary, like a, in a. In a in this a, is before they send in the the, the bulldozers. This is again. this is before they they go they in send there. Send the robo bulldozers. Yeah, this the is kill dozers. This is before they go in there and blow up home tree. Yeah, it's like so you get to see. You. <laughs> Sounds like a bad seventies rock album. I know. <laughs> blow up home tree. The album. But uh, so so you have like the next day. So they're they're in the control room and Giovanni and Stephen Lang are all looking at this shit and it's like, well, how defenseless do you do they look now? Because right. they you know they've gone in there, they've trashed up the bulldozers, they killed all the people that were there, and so that kind of goes a little bit into showing that these guys can fuck shit up. Yeah, and that the they're corporate not guys, t- the corporate the evil corporate fucks aren't that evil. Corporate. It's like it's like there is a reason they are like a. I mean, they were going to blow up poetry anyway. Yeah, but this just sort of speeds up the process. Home tree. That's a new T-shirt. I'm thinking that you need that, like you know, yeah, like, that fucking football jersey, like the home tree. McCappen fries. We blew up home tree. <laughs> <laughs> what was the name of the bird thing? Ikran. The Ikran. So you, you need to have like an Ikran's head and just say home tree Ikran's. Go Ikran's. <laughs> Jesus. Christ. It's the local softball team. <laughs> the humans always lose because the Navi can hit fucking four miles. It's like air ball. <laughs> um, so there's that. It's Quidditch. Jesus. <laughs> so there, so there, there you is. You catch the snitch and then you gotta eat it. So there's that, and uh, lastly, and this was the, the, the bit that I kind of liked the most, is uh, Sute, the guy who was uh, supposed to hook up with um, uh, the, the Zoe Del- uh, the Natiri mm-hmm. uh, before uh, Sam Worthington made his move, and he was supposed to take over, and after West Duty dies, he does take over. 
When in the original cut, when he dies, is that he he leaps on from his zikron onto the onto the gunship and he starts taking motherfuckers out and then he gets shot uh-huh. and then he falls down in the original cut. In the original cut, uh-huh. uh, and so you just kind of and so in the original cut, the camera lingers on him in slow mo as, as he falls as he falls. Whereas in this, you actually get to see what happens to him. He doesn't die immediately. Oh really? He falls down to the ground. He's all fucked up and. And there is sort of this thing at the end where there's a passing of the mantle from him to Sam Worthington where he's like, you, you have to lead the people now. Oh, so he leaves? Lives till the end? or No, no, oh. he doesn't. But he doesn't die immediately. There is more to, to his story. And, uh, it's, I mean, and I liked that because, you know, it it's like... It like less a dick as well. Yeah, and also you spend some time building... You spend some time a little bit with this character that you just kind of figured that he deserved a little bit more of an emotional payoff. Mm. And he gets it in this extended oh, edition. Cool. But, I mean, is it worth going to see again? Probably not. Not uh-huh. really. I didn't. I didn't think so. I mean, nothing that you can't wait to watch on DVD. Plus, it's fucking long. It's a long movie, and it really felt long this time. You spent fifteen like, hours of your life watching. I was Avatar. like, holy <laughs> fuck, man! This is a long fucking movie. <laughs> and also, some of the dialogue this time around, you're just really like, groaning. oh fuck. You know, it's like unobtainium. I laughed. I laughed out loud when Giovanni Ribisi said this because it's like if you, if like what we said in our, in, in our as, in as our, exposition, our, that scene's pretty fucking clunky as well. Yeah, it's like you know, he has the rock. Like, this is what we're here for, and he's doing that weird thing with his voice. He's, as he's well. kind of just like this is what we're here. It's like he's really screw. Is like he's doing his version of the Batman voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and talking no, like this is why we're here. Yeah, exactly. It's like unobtainium. This is why we're here. This sells for so much. It's really worth a lot. That's why we're here. This is the plot. We're doing this because of this see this thing here that's why we're here they're on it we need to get it okay but there's one part in Avatar that every time I've seen it it cracks me up and it's the scene where, where uh, uh, the first scene where you're introduced to uh, Giovanni Rabisi and he's doing this, the putting yeah, yeah. and he gets into the game and he's like ha just did you see that shot yes sir no you didn't you were looking at the monitor <laughs> <laughs> I just love that bit it always cracks me up I love this putter Robbie <laughs> but uh, I mean it's the the the, new, the the additional footage it does I mean obviously it does provide a little bit more inside depth. The additional footage it, adds. Yeah, to it the does news. add as additional footage is supposed to, but it's a bit of a cheek to re-release it again. Yeah, you know it's like it's already the highest-grossing movie of all time. They're just trying to get a lead before uh, Batman Three comes out. You know, and as the box office results showed, it, it didn't it didn't make a dent. It didn't even open the top ten. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. It made four million. Ah. That was it. But you know that you could say four million, uh, four million extra, four, four million extra to how much? Yeah. You know, I don't, th- I don't think James Cameron is really giving a shit. Have they released the full? Because they came out with a vanilla DVD. They right? They came out with a vanilla DVD, and they haven't come out with anything since. Yeah. I think they're they're really. I think it's November this year. Isn't it going to release a proper DVD? Tied to Christmas wish. I don't know. It's like, it it better be chock full of shit after yeah. after that piss take DVD they released. Mm. I mean, what 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 was the special? Did, it, there it, was none. It didn't, didn't even have a trailer, right? Yeah. It's like what the fuck. It was just the movie. Fuck you, Tom Rothman. Yeah. I mentioned, I mentioned that earlier. Actually, the uh, one DVD I'd be looking cool to get is the Inception DVD box set in the UK. Um, it's the case that the machine the dream machine comes in with yep. the uh, DVD a downloadable copy which always fucks me up it's like yeah please don't copy the DVD is protected there's a downloadable copy as well so it's like why bother protecting the DVD mm-hmm. um, but it also comes the, the nicest part is it comes with a spinning top so you can check if you're still dreaming or not mm-hmm. when you buy it um, well this week I was catching up on some movies from you know like I've been catching up recently because fuck all I've seen the cinema um, so like the last week did Tekken this week I caught Prince of Persia <clears throat> so Prince of Persia The Sands of Time It's based upon um, Old Old video game And actually what The cool thing was Jordan Mechner Who created the original game He, he basically videoed, Some footage came out recently of He basically videotaped his brother Acting like a prick In the backyard And, and then animated over that So oh, it's, like, it's like Snow White kind of style and the, the rotoscoping This is back in like the 80s When like you know Pac-Man was realistic mm-hmm. That was the best you could get um, so this was like you know to have a, a human character on screen that looked the, the right wasn't super deformed and moved correctly and all that kind of stuff and it was basically just a, you had one hour real time to get through the whole thing mm-hmm. and it's just jumping spikes and all this kind of stuff and the animation actually fucked it a bit because if you, you didn't start your run at the right place the run animation would not be finished by the time you needed to trigger the jump animation so you'd fall to your fucking death all the time but it was cool and mm-hmm. uh, Ubisoft came out with a game a couple of years ago which is Prince of Persia The Sands of Time which did a fantastic 3D update of it mm-hmm. and they had a few, this is in the movie as well where the prince you would get into a room and it would be fucking 27 stories tall with no platforms right and you forgot and then the camera when you walk into the room the camera would come away from you spin around the room showing all the stuff and then show where the door is and you're like what? right you've got to be fucking kidding me there's no way I can get up there but while the camera was panning and showing you there's a foothold here there's a thing there and 
beauty of the whole game was when you were playing if, you, if you'd been through it before and you're doing it again and someone saw you doing it it was parkour uh-huh. you would just go from one smooth move you know jump up run run jump run along a wall jump off it grab a column swing around the column jump onto a pole that's hanging a flagpole jump onto a carpet giant hanging carpet thing use your knife to slide down that then backflip against the wall again and just absolutely beautiful fluid combat sucked but it was a good game and the thing with the game as well was that it had a very beautiful it had a beautiful framing device and it was golden it was almost like the fountain how golden it was mm-hmm. the framing device is this guy sneaks into this princess's camp mm-hmm. and starts telling her a tale right and as you play the game that's the tale and when you die he goes no no no, no. that's not what happened <laughs> and then it goes back but the thing they also invented was the, the sounds of time so like you know you miss that handhold and you fall to your death uh-huh. if you hit a button time rewinds you, you, you fly back up a bit mm-hmm. and then you can play from that point onwards but you only have so many of those so you do eventually die but at the end of the game when everything else has happened the sounds of time have become such a point that he's reversed it enough that he's actually coming to tell her he hasn't even met her she's a major part in the story mm-hmm. but he's actually reversed time enough so he's at the beginning of the story uh-huh. the, the film is very <laughs> faithful it's one of the most faithful video game adaptations ever. Really? There's even one point where they have to they're storming the castle. Have storm, have fun storming the castle, boys. And they do that thing, the shot of like the show where the gate they're going in is mm-hmm. pans around all the enemies that have to defeat and where the door to, to get out is. And then, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal is Prince Dustin. Dustin. Mm-hmm. The people mm-hmm. can't agree how to pronounce his fucking name. Should have just called him Jake. Um, <laughs> you know, he does all the shit and opens it up. So basically. Uh, the king of Persia uh, has a brother uh, Ben Kingsley who you know is evil <laughs> you just know he's fucking evil from the moment he walks on screen Ben Kingsley eyeliner evil exactly <laughs> that was even mentioned in the radio in the UK some guy wrote in Nemo that the 12 year old kid I, said anyone who wears that much eyeliner has got to be evil <laughs> Ben Kingsley is one of those actors it's like again it's like Patrick he'll Stewart. do anything he'll do anything he's like he's like a bald John Hurt mm. you know it's just like <laughs> What the fuck? It's like when I when when I, when I, when when I knew it was all over for him for me was when his fucking cameo in Love Guru. Oh yeah, you know when he when, he when he's pour, cross-eyed when he's cross-eyed p- pouring boiling water into his ear. It's like what the fuck are you doing, dude? You were Gandhi. <laughs> so he's the brother of the king, and the king, uh, paid by Ronald Pickup. Um, basically, when he's when he's he's going around, and some kid you know, fucks up a car, fucks up one of the palace guard or something like that, messes messes with the palace guard, and then the uh, palace guard's picking on this kid. This other kid runs along and says, "No, you're wrong. Knock it off!" and throws an apple at him. The big chase ensues, and because of his because of his um, you know courage and bravery and honor and pride, he's it, the, the, the the king adapts him into his family. So the king has two sons, mm-hmm. and now he's the third. But he, they, he's not in line for the throne, so the two brothers want to kill him. And they all go down grand. There's no actual in brother fighting. Mm-hmm. There's a suggestion of it at some points. Um, one of his brothers is played by Richard Coyle, who's t- who plays Tuss, who is actually from Coupling. Yep. Who plays I think it was Jeff in Coupling, the Welsh guy. So I just could not take him at all on screen. But anyway. Apparently, they're looking for weapons of mass destruction. Weapons of mass destruction in the Middle East. Are they? Yeah, yeah. They they, inv- they invade this town basically because they found that they've been supplying weapons to their enemies. What the fuck? I know it's a bit on the fucking nose. And so they invade this town, and it turns out it's all a cover for something else. And Dustin ends up with the uh, the, the, the there's a dagger which has a certain amount of the sounds of time in it, so you can rewind stuff. And that, that effect's kind of cool as well, where he kind of goes all sandy and pulls out of his body, and you see everything reverse and stuff. And he's got to. He gets, you know, they, they, they invade the town, they're kind of, kind of uninvaded, and uh, the king then gets killed, and Dustin gets blamed, and he's on the run, and he ends up hugging up with Gemma Atherton, who's still a gaping hole in the movie. <laughs> that sucks all the life out of it. She's better in this than she was in... Clash of the Titans. Clash of the Titans, but that's not saying much. No. Um, so, you know, they, they, they ping-pong back between these two towns. It's like, we invaded here, then we get home, then we give the dad a thing, then I have to go back over there to find out what's going on there, and then go back home to do something else. Oh, and we also have to go back there again. So it's a weird kind of setup to go back and forth between these two places the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going around with her. She's not trusting him. He's not trusting her. There's a lot of banter there. He keeps referring to her as princess. He's like, oh, I guess we thought you used to know me, princess. And it's just got, that gets kind of wearing. How's, but, how's Jake Gyllenhaal's accent? Well, everyone does English accents really weird. His accent's fine. I mean, it's just everyone's so off, it's weird with their accents. It's bizarre. It's, it's like just, it's it's fucking just a, Persian. Why, why do they choose to go Cockney? It's like, no, well, yeah. why? <laughs> Jake Jill- and Jake Gyllenhaal. Jill- Alfred Molina turns up and he's fucking brilliant. He's like, oh, I'm a bit of an ostrich, ostrich racist. You know, I'm a bit of a wheeler dealer. Yeah, we put out that rumor about the slaves here being revolt in revolt and they will kill you if you walk through because I've got to keep away from the tax man. <laughs> and he's pretty good at it. 
Alfred Molina is always a welcome addition to any cast. Yeah. I was like, they meet up with him on, on the way, and you, Jake Gyllenhaal tries to sell her to him and stuff like that. Like, it's just weird themes going through it. Um, as an action movie, there is kind of cool stuff, because, like, Jake Gyllenhaal does the uh, parkour throughout, and there's a very cool invading the castle scene where, you know, they have a giant pole, and they're all running at it, and he's at the front. And as he hits the wall, he kind of jumps up it, and the rest of the guys push him up the wall. Uh-huh. So they kind of use the parkour in, in cool ways, and so and he uses it to get around places and stuff. But overall, it is a bit. There's a lot of bad lit CGI. That's what I hear. I hear that actually, it's um, is that uh, it's actually quite ropey. The this the CGI. there is, and it's, it's it's very much like the mummy. You know, when you see when they, they see the pull, they see they can't see pull off desert lighting. You know, the one thing that always stands out so much about bad CG is the lighting doesn't match the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. And it's the same in this as well, where everyone looks like they have jaundice when they're in the CG bits. Whether it's just to touch them up to make them match what's going on around them or what seems to be the case. Mm-hmm. But I mean, as a it, it is a romp. It doesn't reinvent the action movie. I'd say, you know, if you've got nothing to do with the kids on a Sunday afternoon, yeah, definitely. I may have tried on DVD. I'll keep them a bit quiet for a while. There's plenty of action. Mm-hmm. Bits, of, bits and pieces are funny, but, you know, not under, underwhelming, essentially. But, again, I give a kudos for being the best um, video game adaptation. Something, I mean, like, uh, um, like Chiran actually um, made this point when he went to see it. He's like, he's like, because you can always sort of, like, turn back time before something bad happens, is that it kind of kills any sense of tension. Oh, the thing is that there's only so much sound. <laughs> I see. So it's it, you know you got to fill your sandbar. For, for, for a second there, I was just like, well, it's in the fucking desert. <laughs> no, it's magic sand. You have to have the I, magic I, I, sand. I didn't, I didn't I'm not familiar with the game. It's the only particular sand that does it. I see. So you can't just go out of the desert and refill. Yeah. <laughs> they actually do that at one point, and they're Jamie Athens. They're just like you, fucking idiot. <laughs> How do I get more sand? <laughs> <laughs> You're in the desert, more. <laughs> No, so he's lying on the ground pouring it in. It's like, it's not working. <laughs> Where's the menu? <laughs> it's like a VCR. Don't press your lock. <laughs> press the button. <laughs> yeah, it's got a button on top of the fucking dagger to turn it on and off. It's kind of ridiculous. It is a ridiculous movie, but it's, it's, it's fun enough. I mean, again, just check your brand door. So, yeah, it's a lazy afternoon movie. What are you looking up? Oh, I'm just looking up stuff on the town. You got bored? Yes. <laughs> All right, let's... Uh, as you mentioned earlier, if you have any emails for us, want to critique my long-ass boring review of The Prince of Persia, email us at podcast at mcyappenfries.com. Podcast at mcyappenfries.com. And now we'll finish off with our customary top ten for the US and Malaysia. Starting off in Malaysia. Number ten, City Under Siege. No idea. Number nine, Adventure of the King. Is that the sequel to Return of the King? <laughs> Number eight, Nan Mahan Alia. Number seven, Stool Pigeon. Number six, Avatar Special Edition. 3D. Number, number five, Kang the, the Movie. Uh, number four, Vampires Suck. This movie sucks. Number three, The Expendables. Number two, Grown Ups. I've heard very bad things, but yes. it's just them hanging out. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Yeah. Number one, Step Up 3. God damn it. Jesus. <laughs> and sad week in the US box office. Scott Pilgrim is nowhere to be seen. That's right. Didn't have the resurgence after the uh, word of mouth, unfortunately. No. Number, number 10. ten. Piranha 3D. Dropping fast. Yep. Number to, two to ten in one week. Num- uh, no, it's two weeks in release. It was number six last week. All right. Uh, number nine, The Switch. Number eight, Nanny McPhee Returns. Number seven, Inception. Hanging in there. Yeah. <laughs> number five, Vampires Suck. Probably won't be here next week. Number six. Whatever. Number five, The Other Guys. Number four, Eat, Break, Love, Fuck Off. Number three, The Expendables. Number two, Takers. I've seen so many ads for this fucking movie over the last six months. It's getting to be like... Um, Wall Street yeah the money never sleeps yeah. it's like I'm over whatever the fuck it's gonna be and number one The Last Exorcism which I hear is very good mm, same here I'm looking forward to when that comes out here alright that's it for today thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next time on bye bye bye